Well, it's good to be back, mm. back in the <laughs> studio. I'm, I don't know. Are you, are you excited to be back, no. back on the podcast? No. <laughs> well, we're right under the sleeping baby, so I'm... A little nervous. Well, it's like 1030 because she wouldn't go to bed. Yeah, well, and I've been awake since 330 a.m. because of her, so... Well, last time we recorded an episode, I believe it was The Silent Patient, and that didn't work out so yeah. well either because we had our other kid poking in every 30 seconds because she thought it was funny. So either way, we're screwed. We either stay up and one baby doesn't sleep or we do it in the middle of the day and we get interrupted by the other kid. Yeah. I... The joys of being <laughs> parents. Maybe we should just read a parenting book and maybe try to figure this out. Yeah, how to make your kids freaking sleep. <laughs> just put them to sleep. The old jujitsu sleeper oh hold. It's that not too. worth the back rub. <laughs> 13 months ago. <laughs> yeah. Maybe cut that out. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> um, but it is nice to be back in the studio. I feel like, although we were able to bank a lot of episodes in Utah, I feel like something was missing. I watched those episodes and I'm kind of like... Stop talking about the stinking cats in the window well. That is true. It was really distracting. And then, like, a couple times when I was recording with... Um, Jake, Josh would walk down and then we'd both like pause. And then there was like this long, awkward pause the, yeah. in the middle of the episodes. And I hate that. I try to keep things flowing and I'm trying to get a little bit better at it. I think I'm getting better at it, but I'm not good enough that I can have Josh walk downstairs yeah. and stare at me and go. Otherwise I just kind of freeze. So plus we put a lot of work into the basement. Mm-hmm. You did. I didn't. I got a compliment today on it, actually. Somebody on one of my Zoom calls was like, I really like the color of your walls and those little square patterns that you have everywhere. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. I worked really hard on it. Yeah, you did. You and my dad did. Yeah, so it turned out. So I like being in it. I always call this the studio, but really it's just a spare bedroom downstairs that I've turned into my office. But it is nice to be back. Mm-hmm. Is it nice for you to be back on the podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know originally when I started this, you were like, I will do an episode. Well, you wanted, your original idea was us every week. And I said no. And then you didn't speak to me for a day. No, that's not <laughs> true. <laughs> I threw a little fit, <laughs> just a very small one. And it's because I love you. <laughs> And I want to do things with you. She's awake. <laughs> I don't want to make babies with you anymore. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we're just going to pause real quick. I'm going to move her into a different room. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. We're back. And I was thinking while I was moving her. And, yeah, the original idea was for you to be on it every episode because I love you. <laughs> And I wanted to spend more time with you and do things with you. And you already read like 200 books a year. So I was like, you know, a couple of those could be with us. We could discuss one of your favorite things. I thought it would be really nice. And I presented this nice idea. And then you were like, pound sand. No, I said, who will watch <laughs> our children? Well, nobody. They'll be upstairs asleep. Well, not, and that's working out just great. It's not going well. <laughs> But, and then 
I was like, well, then maybe you could just be on a couple filler episodes when I don't have guests. And then this whole finding guests thing has just been way harder than I thought. That's by far the hardest part. I thought that reading a book a week would be the hard part, and it is not. I can cruise through a book a week. It is finding people to talk to me about Mm -hmm. books. And I'm hoping that eventually that'll get easier as the podcast kind of progresses and more and more people find out about it. But that is for right now, it's going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a process Mm -hmm. and people finding out about the podcast is kind of your new job here on the podcast. So for anybody who's listening, our social media is now up and running and guess who's our social media manager. So not Mm -hmm. only are you my fill in guest, but you're also just getting drawn. Unqualified. Getting further and further into the whole podcast. Dental hygienist. Yeah, but you also run your dad's social media yeah. and you're pretty good at it. And you used to run another photographer's social media and you ran ours for a while. I feel like that's about as qualified as you can get. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. If anybody has any comments, concerns, or anything like that about the, the, the Instagram... Talk to Olivia. It's her fault. Or because it's really good, and that's also her fault. (laughs) She's really good at it. So this week's book is And Then We Were Not. And Then There Were None, right? And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. And we're kind of trying to pick a theme for October for the podcast. We're kind of doing a little bit of like murdery, I don't know, spooky. Spooky season. Spooky season. I know you wanted to say that on the <laughs> on the Instagram, and I was like, eh, sounds a little, as the book would say, queer. Don't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it says that in this book so much. That was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. I feel like she says queer like thirty million times I didn't in this book. Catch that ever? Did you not? No. I bet you if you googled how many times this book say queer, it was like at least fifty times. And in the book, it uses it as to say like strange. But it says queer a lot. It's kind of weird. But yeah, so I didn't really want to say spooky season. So the rest of the books for the rest of the month are all pretty spooky. There's some murder mysteries in there. I think next week's just going to be pretty fun with Thursday Murder Club, which mm-hmm. is like one of your favorites. I do like that one. I don't think you will. You don't think I'm going to like it? I don't know. You told me I should read it. No, I said I didn't know if you'd like it. You said... And I quote, it's one of my favorite books. I think you would like it. No, I said, I'm not sure if you'd like it. Well, what I heard was, <laughs> well, I hope I like I'm it. I'm worried you won't. I've liked every other book you've picked. Yeah. I mean, you've picked literally half the books that I've read so far. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's been a single one not that I haven't liked. Not the jujitsu one, because that's dumb. Well, that's why I said half. <laughs> the jujitsu one was good. It was... You know, a jiu-jitsu book, which is pretty fun. It's just dumb. No. Jiu-jitsu is the best. Mm-hmm. The best. Okay. <laughs> How else am I going to choke our kids out and put them to sleep? All right. Move on. <laughs> Your favorite topic yeah, in the world. Yeah, move my, on. My deathly skills of jiu-jitsu. Okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, you've picked like every... Not other than that. I mean, I've read... There were a couple. You didn't think that I would like... Dune. You didn't like Dune. I know you were right. <laughs> I've never read Dune. I don't, I don't want to read Dune. I wouldn't recommend I it. I don't really like the movie. 
What? I've told you this. I love it's that kind of movie. creepy. What do you mean it's kind of creepy? It's like kind of it's like not si- creepy. Kind of sci-fi. Kind of disturbing. You don't like sci-fi in general, though. No, I don't like sci-fi. You're like... I don't really like Star Wars. Boo-hoo on Star Wars. You're like... I think there's just too much Star Wars. Oh, I would agree with that. There's way too much Star Wars. I liked the first three. I like the first three. I actually like the second three, too. Yeah, I liked those growing up. But then after that, I was like, I'm done. And I liked Rogue One. That one was good. But you also like... I don't know. You're not like super into Lord of the Rings either. Like you're not anti Lord of the Rings. Rings. Yeah, but you're not like, I mean, you're not like a Lord of the Rings. Gollum scares me too much. (laughs) Person. Yeah. You liked the Star Trek, didn't you? No. The new new ones? No. I thought you did. I've never seen Star Trek in my life. Not even the new ones? No. The ones with Chris Pine? No. What? No. They're actually really good. When have we ever talked about Star Trek? I don't know. I thought I thought the reason why we'd never watched them again was because you just didn't like them. No, I've never seen them. We should watch. Them. I don't really want to. <laughs> oh my goodness, they're good. You like Chris Pine? I do like Chris Pine. He's good. Okay. We should watch that one. Put it in my schedule at yeah. midnight. Yeah, on the nights when you're. When not, I have any free time. The nights when you're not doing the pod. <laughs> or putting kids to sleep. They'll go to sleep eventually. <sighs> One day. Not at this point. One day when we're both like 50. Yeah. <laughs> our kids will be asleep. And we'll be able to just get in bed and watch a movie. Yeah. And by then there will be a whole nother <laughs> remake of all of the movies that we love. Because yeah. that's all they do. Um, but what did you think of... I mean, this is going to be just a hard segue. Sorry. That, that <laughs> thought process... If anybody has listened to this podcast, they know that my brain is not the best. And we're actually going to talk about that in this episode because <laughs> I think I was too dumb for this book. <laughs> but I'm just hard segueing here into and then they were and then there were none. See, I'm too dumb. I can't <laughs> even remember the dang book title. I finished it this it wasn't afternoon. the original book title. What was it originally called? 10 Little Indians. And they just it's not PC apparently. When did they change it? I don't know. Look it up real quick on your phone. While I while you are looking it up, I will say that it kind of sh- it's kind of funny how they're changing all this stuff because they're they like have been changing basically like Aunt Jemima. I think the first one of the first thing to go was the Redskins for the football team, and I was always kind of like eh, I kind of get that one. It seemed a little bit even for me, who's not the most PC of people. I kind of thought Redskins was a little bit too much. But apparently the Redskins now are like petitioning to get their name back because they were like, what the crap? You took our football team away. So I don't know. I just feel like they shouldn't be changing the name of things. Do you think it's important? I mean, I mean, I don't think it pertained to the story and then where there were none or 10 little Indians, but do you think it was worth renaming? Well, they, the original nursery rhyme was 10 little Indians. Is it a real nursery rhyme? Yeah. So Which, they, they just changed history. It's then. supposed to be 10 Little Soldier. Then they changed it to 10 Little Soldier Boys. Was it before she published it? Or did she publish it originally she, <laughs> as 10 Little Indians? 10 Little Indians. It says. Yeah, just read straight off of Google. It's, this is Wikipedia. It says they released it in. Well, it was released in the UK because that's where she's from as like 10 Little Indians. 
And then when they released it in the U.S. in 1940, they released it as, and then there were none. So it was the U.S. And it was 1940. That shocks me, actually. So for people who, like, are not good with dates, World War II started in 1939. Yeah, it says even in, this is a quote from another article, even in 1939, this title was considered too offensive for American publication. Guess we were going woke in 1940. I don't feel like... Indian is, like, not the correct term. It's Native American. Yeah, but I feel like even in 1940, they were still called Indians. Um, I mean, I grew up playing cowboys and Indians. Yeah. I didn't grow up playing cowboys and Native Americans. I don't... I... Whatever. That argument aside, I don't feel like it changes the... I like the title, and then there were none better. It's, like, creepier. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree that the title is better, and the, the the change of the nursery rhyme from Ten Little Soldier Boys to Ten Little Indians, I mean, literally does not do anything to the story at all. Yeah, but it does still kind of shock me that they were still changing name yeah, titles and people were getting offensive shocking. back in back in uh, like World War Two times. I also I just feel like when was John Wayne? I mean, he wasn't 1940s. No. I feel like that was like the peak of Indians. You know what I mean? Like that was all the, maybe I'm wrong, but I grew up watching all a bunch of Westerns and it was always like Cowboys and Indians and I don't know. I just don't find that, I I don't feel like that term's offensive, but I don't have any, I don't have any skin in the game there, I guess. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) Hmm. Interesting don't think changing the name changes anything so if it offends some people why not change it i don't really think it matters yeah i don't know that's i guess a different topic for another time because i am opinionated about that a little bit yeah i don't care (laughs) i know um but what did you think of the book this was not your first time reading it just like with basically any other (laughs) book that we're gonna have here on the podcast (laughs) I really like this book. This time I listened and I actually liked the audiobook a lot better. Really? Yeah, I love this narrator. Yeah, he's the same guy that does Frankenstein. Matthew from Downton Abbey. Yeah, he's pretty good. He is pretty good. He's nice to listen to. He is very nice. He's got a sweet accent, Mm -hmm. very calming voice. Yeah. He's a good narrator. Yeah, I love, I wish he narrated more. I searched him on Audible. The only other one is like, the odyssey and i'm not listening to the odyssey <laughs> really yeah he's only narrated three books and mm-hmm. i've listened to two of them yeah man that's pretty good i wish he would do more i think he's so good he does have a good voice i like him he's definitely i think one of my favorite audible voices that i've heard i think he's really good for like the gothic kind of creepy yeah books like frankenstein and this one how old is he how old is he? I don't know. How old is he on Downton Abbey? I've never seen Downton Abbey. I don't know. I love Downton Abbey. Well, I mean, like, is he in his early 40s? I he's don't I don't need, like, 30s? You know, exact estimate. 30s? On, on Downton Abbey, probably 30s. He's probably okay. now he's late, probably like late 30s, 40s. Early, early 40s. 40s. Okay. So he's not, like, old. I, what I was getting at. No, he's, he's not old. He's not, like, Dumbledore, and then all of a sudden no. now he's, like, a billion years old. No. Okay. That's what I was wondering. No, so like, he definitely yeah. has a lot of... He's the beast in the live action Beauty and the Beast. To be honest, I don't think I've seen that. He's 
seen something else. I can't remember. Maybe I have seen it. You have. I have. Mm-hmm. We went to the movie theater. I don't remember him at all. But if he is the beast, then he's not that old. Wait, do you not know what he looks like? I have no idea what he looks like. Oh, I just know that his voice is buttery. Like, he's buttery. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you need to watch Downton Abbey. Ugh, I, you know me. It's way better than Star Trek. I just can't do that, like, time period pieces. Like, I don't like any of those. And I don't know why. Oh, yeah, he's a handsome fella. Yeah. He's got really blue eyes. What the crap? Well, that's just not fair. <laughs> Some guy that has that nice of a voice and looks like that. Because mm-hmm. I don't think my voice sounds very good. Mine doesn't. Yours is a pretty good voice. Well, I, I tried to listen to one of ours. I should never speak again. I've actually grown to like my voice a little bit more by listening to it. I used to just, it used to be like nails on a chalkboard <laughs> to me. And now I'm like, you know what? It's not the best, but it's not the worst. And that's kind of where I line up with my voice. I don't think I could ever narrate a book, but maybe do a podcast. You know? We'll see. Thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> you are doing it. I am doing it. Now the key, the next key is, is getting people to actually listen to it. But yeah, I, so you really liked the book. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as murder books go, again, we've been over this. You read a lot of murder books. Mm-hmm. Does this crack top 10? It might be up there. Just because, like, of what Agatha Christie has done for the mystery genre. Mm-hmm. And I think she's super cool. I've, she's a cool This lady. is definitely my fir- my favorite Agatha Christie. I haven't read a ton. Um, I read her very first one, which is not great. <laughs> it's definitely her first one. What's it called? The Mysterious Affair at Styles. Okay. It's not great. It's her first one with that, the Belgian detective, which I, I cannot pronounce his name. It's who's his name, in all the LeBlanc or whatever his name is? Benoit Blanc? That is Knives Out. Oh, my gosh. See, this is going to be a theme of this book is I am absolutely terrible with names. <laughs> like, I have, it might be you a You forgot li- our name. <laughs> you forgot my name on our first date. And second. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Like, it might be an actual <laughs> mental disorder. Like, I cannot remember names to save the life of me. Um, I forgot your name on our first two dates. I ended up, I'm, I've gotten very, 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 very good in my life. At remembering my name? No. <laughs> yeah, you're that, that girl that, yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Um, no, I've gotten very good at being able to address people and talk to people without actually addressing them. Yeah, yes, you have. Like, I can just have full-on conversations with people and, you know. You don't like, call my parents anything? No, because I feel like it's weird to call them mom and dad. But I also grew up in a household where we weren't allowed to call people by their first names. <laughs> and so it's, I'm trying to learn how to address people in that way. And for our first two dates, I just went around that subject mm-hmm. and never said your name because I honestly couldn't remember. And then after the date... I would go back on Instagram and be like, oh, yeah, her name's Olivia. And on the next date, I'd be like, ah, crap. I think I (laughs) should have remembered this. But it's a problem. Like, we'll do, we're wedding photographers, or we were. We're 
trying our hardest not to do it anymore, <laughs> but people keep asking. Um, and we'd go an entire day. Like a wedding day is like 10 hours of being with somebody. Mm-hmm. And I will go the entire day calling somebody the wrong name and like 10 different wrong names. It's, no, you go to upload after and you're like, what was their name again? Dude, it is a problem. <laughs> their name was on everything. I have a problem. And that was my biggest problem with this book is that, so the nursery rhyme is 10 little soldier boys. So spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't read it, there are 10 characters in this book. And I could not for the life of me remember the (laughs) names of each character. So they would just be going along talking about different characters and be like, oh, this person did this and this person did this. I was like, wait a minute. Who is that again? Like, why are they not moving in the chair? And then why are they up around hiking? Like, I don't understand. I thought she was old. I, I just couldn't remember. <laughs> and that made this book a million times harder Yeah. to solve. Like, I just couldn't do it. It's a lot of her books. They have a lot of characters. Because isn't her theme with books basically like the small, like enclosed location Yeah, crimes? yeah. Because she's written, I looked it up, over 60, it's like, I think she's written 66 murder novels along with a couple like romance novels that she wrote under a pseudonym. Mm-hmm. And then she's also written a couple plays and other things like that. She but, wrote the longest running play in history. I know, Mousetrap. Yeah, it just left. Did it leave? Yeah, it's not on anymore. I know that they paused for covid and that was the first time that it had paused since it had started Yeah, i'm pretty sure it's gone now it's kind of sad yeah but yeah i mean it's the longest running it, i mean it's yeah, the longest continuous play of all time so she's written a lot of things but i just i couldn't get i couldn't really get into any characters because i couldn't remember what they did they all had <laughs> such unique backgrounds and had he had she just like said maybe not one for you to listen to. I don't even know if I could do it if I read it. I'm just not that. Bright. I think it would have helped if you would have seen the mini series they did one a couple of years ago. It's, it's really good actually. It's like really creepy and like yeah, the could, perfect amount of scary. If I could put a face to a name. Or even if they just got rid of the names completely and just did job titles. I don't know what it is about names. It's names specifically. I'm just not good at it. And if they just said like the maid, the, I don't know, the, the, the de- detective. There's a maid and her husband, the two of them, like the housekeepers. They're the housekeepers. Whatever. There's the, <laughs> the housekeeper man and the housekeeper woman. There's the secretary. There's the detective. There's the there's not a detective. judge at the very end. There's a detective. No, there's he's a he's a detective. He's a police officer. Oh my goodness! It's potato he's a corrupt police officer. Potato tomato. It's all the same thing. So and then there's a judge and then there's general. just a, a general. Then there's like a, a playboy and <laughs> they called him the F boy. Yeah. There's yeah. He's quite the tool <laughs> and and he dies first spoiler alert are we doing spoilers goodness. for this one um i don't want to give away who did it we can maybe talk around some of the characters how about this spoiler everyone dies yeah 
spoiler alert, everyone dies. So we can talk and about how people, yeah, we can talk about how people die, but we're not going to talk about who did it. Okay. We're not going to give it away, but yeah, F boy dies early. Thank goodness. <laughs> and I don't even remember the rest of the jobs, but I would have <laughs> had they been consistent throughout the book and used them. So I think I might give Agatha Christie another try eventually, but I will say I honestly did not enjoy this book as much as I enjoyed The Silent Patient. Mm. Silent Patient had two characters. That's about my capacity. <laughs> I can remember two people's names pretty consistently. So, but it was fun. It was fun. The ending twist was great. Mm -hmm. I did not see it coming. Yeah. I kind of guessed a little bit of what the motive might have been. And I was wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. I guessed like three different people. I remember I texting you. texting me. I remember texting you at one point. You being texted like, me one this morning. I texted you. Well, because I finished the book this afternoon. And, and I was like, mm, not even close. <laughs> well, I texted you the guy that I thought it was. And he then died. <laughs> Literally. And you texted me another theory too. Yeah. But the one that I texted you, I was like, yeah. oh, I think it's this guy. And then he dies like, I don't know, five minutes later. I was like, wow, I'm an idiot. That was completely <laughs> wrong. I also, this is going to sound really dumb. I also didn't expect everyone to die, even though <laughs> it says in the title and then there were none. And then it also reads the nursery rhyme and every single person in the nursery rhyme dies. Mm -hmm. And there's 10 people. Which, for a second, what a nursery rhyme. Seriously. You read that to your kid before bed. Yeah, I think we're going to stick like, with... Uh, he went and hung himself and then there were none. Good night, sweetie. <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> and that is literally like the last line. Yes. And then he hung himself and then there were none. Good night. <laughs> Don't come into our room if you wake up. <laughs> please um no instead of me saying uh one fell off and bonked his head or oh yeah one the... roll over there were 10 in the bed yeah it's from bluey oh it is yeah they sing on blue oh i didn't know that um what other agatha christie books have you read have you read any so what is the what's that guy's name it's not ben Wobble. i cannot pronounce it Give I it, know what it is. Give it an old college try. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not even going to attempt. Nope. I want, it's nope, Belgian. Stop. I'm going to look it up so you can say it. I speak German, not Belgian. That's two different, enough. Two different languages. I honestly could not even. Uh, Hercule Pierrot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pierrot? Um, I don't think that you actually pronounce the T. I think Belgium's pretty similar to French. I actually, don't speak French. Because German's pretty similar to Dutch. I barely speak English. Yeah, me too. I okay, speak yeah, two he, languages so extraordinarily he poor. is one of her detectives. She has, he has a ton of books. And then Miss Marble. Mar the fabulous Miss Mabel. Yeah, something like that. Sorry, I think that's, I think, no, I was literally making that up. What was that noise? I don't know, that was It's Miss Marple. Miss Marple. It's her other detective, has a long 
books. And then there's like this one standalone. I think she has a couple other standalones. Um, I've read the ABC Murders, which is one of the Belgian detectives, <laughs> um, which is somebody with the initials AA gets killed in a location that starts with an A, and then someone with the initials BB gets killed with a location that starts with a B. Hmm. Um, I think I've read the, which that one is a mini series too, which has Ron Weasley in it. So I've been wanting to watch that. Man, so a lot of these have become books and movies because now they're just working through them because they just made, yeah, movies and shows because they just made Murder on the Orient Express, mm -hmm. and then Death I've, on I've the Nile, seen those. I haven't read those. And then now they're making that Haunting, haunting in Venice. Haunting in Venice. She's got to be up there in one of the. We were talking about this actually the other day because I part of this month is one of the days I'm doing a Stephen King day, mm. which. I, I mean, spoiler for that episode, I am loving Stephen King, like way more than I thought I would so far. I mean, I'm only three books into my six books that I'm reading from him, but for the first three books, I mean, shocked at how much I actually like him. I don't know why I thought this, but I thought that I just wouldn't connect with somebody that turned out books like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it can't be good if he makes a million of them. Apparently they can be, mm. and he's just absurdly talented, but I've I wonder if she's kind of up there in the amount of book to movie show adaptations. Cause we were talking through it the other day in the car and yeah. Stephen King has like a million. You're like, Holy cow. He's made some bangers. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would think so. Yeah. Cause apparently everything she has, but she's, they call her the queen of crime or the queen of mystery. But she is the queen. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I was kind of, I was doing a little research because I was like, man, this book's pretty good. Again, if you were, if you had two brain cells that you could rub together, this book would be <laughs> really good. And it was written in 1939. So mm -hmm. 1939 is the same year that World War II started. And I was just kind of like, it doesn't feel old. It feels like it could have come out, I don't know like in the last five years and it would kind of hold up. I mean, obviously some of the language is a little bit different. She says queer a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I feel like just kind of pacing and, you know, the way that the murders are done and I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't, it doesn't feel old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it feels quick. It feels like almost kind of like a modern story with lots of stuff happening. Like it, or oh, sorry. And I was looking at books that were also written in the 1930s, and I was like, man, I feel like this book feels a lot Sherlock newer. Sherlock Holmes was being written. I mean, Grapes of Wrath, Of Mice yeah. and Men, those books seem old. Yeah. The Hobbit, Gone with the Wind, which I don't know. I've never read the book, but if you've ever seen the movie, mm -hmm. and if the book is anything like the movie, then holy cow is that book slow because <laughs> the movie moves like molasses. And then, fun fact, you know what is also made in the 1930s? The Joy of Cooking, that cookbook. Have you never What's seen that cookbook? that cookbook? Is that? It's that big white cookbook that says The Joy of Cooking on the front that my mom literally used like all of the time growing up. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I thought everybody had that cookbook. I, I swear. just belong to the Church of Half-Baked Harvest. <laughs> I That's am, it. I am converted. <laughs> Trust me. I, I have denounced all other cookbooks. I know yes. that I used to eat out of the joy of cooking but <laughs> if for any reason what's her name 
Tegan Gerard. Tegan Gerard ever watches this, I want you to know <laughs> that I do not eat from any other cookbook <laughs> and I never will. You are her. the goat. <laughs> Except for that Wiseman guy. He's also pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, her book, I don't know. I felt like it felt very, felt very new, kind of hip, like very, a, very quick. It feels modern because she Im- still influences modern thrillers and murder mysteries to this day. Yeah. Like she invented so many tropes and even if she didn't invent them, she perfected them and has like the perfect example like, um, she kind of built what's considered classic mystery structure, like murders committed. There's multiple suspects. Everyone has a secret to hide. The detective slowly uncovers these. And then there's a big shocking twist at the end. And then they call it like the Christie hallmark. Like the detective gathers everybody in the room and shares what happened hmm. and like knives out that happens. Yeah. And she kind of invented like the quirky detective, with an accent, like <laughs> knives out. Benoit yeah, like Blanc. that's happened so many times. It honestly kind of shocks me that the Knives Out series is not written by her, but it definitely was one hundred percent inspired by. Yeah, her. like it is a copy to a T of the way her books are written. She also invented, or maybe not invented, but definitely perfected the unreliable narrator. Um, she, the murder of Roger Ackroyd. I'm going to say that wrong, but. Um, the narrator turns out to be the murderer. Like it's in first person and you mm. find out at the end that he's the murderer. Um, was she the first person to do that? I'm not sure if she's the, f- I would think so. Cause like that didn't happen in like Sherlock Holmes. At least she perfected it. Yeah. Which the unreliable narrator is so popular nowadays. Were there a lot of murder mysteries written pre Agatha Christie? I, not any worth reading now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look that up real quick. Uh, she can... also, like, the one-by-one one trope, which is, and then there were none. That's so popular. I've read, I think, I would say most murder mystery writers have one book like that. Like, that is a really popular trope still. Like, group of people taken to a secluded location, killed off one-by-one. One, and it's one of them. Like... Um, she, sorry, going back to what you said about, were there any before her? I don't know if there were, because do you know why she wrote her very first book? No. She wrote it because her sister bet her that she couldn't write a good mystery. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what a sister. And then she was like, okay, I'll show you. And now it's like, like one of the most famous mystery writers of all time, like, maybe the most famous oh by far the most famous she holds the guinness book of world records for the best selling fiction writer of all time Mm -hmm. she sold two billion billion copies of her books like how many books is harry potter harry potter one sec books sold let's see Five hundred million books of Harry Potter have been sold worldwide. She sold two billion. Yeah, <laughs> that is four times as many books that she sold than Harry Potter. 
And Harry Potter is absurd. Like Harry Potter made J.K. Rowling a billionaire. Mm-hmm. And this lady sold four times as many books. Like that's insane. Yeah. And she did it like way back in the day. Yeah. I guess that probably helps her. Now that <laughs> I'm thinking about it. She's had more time to sell books. But maybe J.K. Rowling can still catch up. <laughs> Good luck. But yeah, that's oh, this one saying that. This one's saying that J.K. Rowling has sold six hundred million. So still two billion. Still two billion copies. That's insane. Yeah, she's definitely the most famous mystery, or like the, yeah, the most famous mystery writer of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm looking here, and there are a few mystery writers born around the same time as her. I think. What's her name again? Agatha Christie. <laughs> Uh, sorry dude i told you names are not my go-to how do you spell christy agatha christy 1890 was when she was born yeah i mean there were a couple here that were born earlier than her but like probably the biggest was sir arthur what's his conan doyle or something like that yeah who wrote sherlock holmes arthur conan doyle yeah yeah which she have you read sherlock holmes they knew each other yeah, they're friends. Yeah, they were friends because when she went missing, he hired a clairvoyant to find her. Yeah, so talk about that. So I posted this on our social media, on my social media. I don't know why I say our, because I want it to be our podcast, but it wasn't. Um, on the podcast social media page today, I posted the story about Agatha Christie going missing, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um for a lot of my posts and a lot of things, I'm going to just give away my secrets here. I <laughs> am just not a good student. And I just, I chat GPT everything. <laughs> I literally chat GPT everything. I love it. I love it. I love it. AI is going to take over the world and you can take it over from my house first because <laughs> it is the best tool out there and it makes things so easy. So I just, for most of these things that I make, I type in like, give me 15 cool facts about Agatha Christie or give me 15 cool facts about J.K. Rowling. And then it lists me off the facts. And then that's when I do my research. I don't have it like write everything for me, but it definitely points me in the right direction. So I've thrown my, you know, give me my 15 cool facts about Agatha Christie today as I'm making this post and I'm like reading through it and it's like, oh yeah, she's done this, she's done this. And a lot of it I'd already known. And then all of a sudden it, like right in the middle just casually mentions, yeah, Agatha Christie was gone for 11 days. No one knew where she was. It was like the largest manhunt mm-hmm. in history searching for her. And she was found, you know, 11 days later with amnesia in some hotel. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Like that's a yeah. wild story for somebody that's that famous. So what I read, and then you can correct me because you had told me earlier today that I think I made – mistakes with this story but i'm gonna tell my side of the story first so from what i understand she just went missing one day and they mounted this incredibly large manhunt for her it was like a thousand police officers it was the first time they ever used airplanes and a manhunt it was um i mean they were getting pressure from the government to try to find her quicker and so the police officers like went and they were like so uh sir sir whatever his name is, something Doyle, 
the guy who writes Sherlock Holmes, they were like, you know, murder mystery. Why don't you come help us? And so he actually helped out in the investigation looking for her. He hired a clairvoyant. He hired a clairvoyant. Oh, he didn't actually look for her? Give her many tips? Maybe he did, but he did hire a clairvoyant. So he like really believed in that stuff. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I guess. I mean, I know Sherlock Holmes has a lot of it. Like Mr. Moriarty or whatever his name is. I mean, he's like very mystical. The Hounds of Baskerville is very... Mystical. Haunted. Yeah. Ghosts. Yeah. So he was a true believer. I guess. Um, and then they found her car and apparently she got into like a car accident is what they believe. And then they found her in a hotel room and she didn't remember anything of how she got there. And they just chalked it up to amnesia from the car accident. And we're like, that was a crazy ride. Everybody. We just found her. Mm. So what did I get wrong? Well, I, I don't, you didn't get anything wrong. I just, I've actually (laughs) researched it a lot. (laughs) They, the way you were saying it is like, it was like for sure, like, oh yeah, it was amnesia from a car crash done. But they actually seems like don't know what happened actually. So right before she disappeared, uh, her mom died and she was really close to her mom. And then she found out her husband had been having an affair and he told her he wanted a divorce, which like divorce was a big no-no back then. Um, And so... She, her husband went away to be with his mistress for the weekend and she left her. Wait, you said that awfully casually. Agatha Christie's husband just was like deuces. Yeah. I'm going to go hook up with my mistress. Yep. Okay. He's like, I'm going away for the weekend with her. We're getting, I want a divorce. Bye. Oh, so he, okay. So he told her he was having an affair and wanted a divorce. Okay. And then was like, Bye. <laughs> Was this like pre-fame and fortune? She was starting to get big. She had a couple books. She didn't. He didn't want to ride the wave of I being the greatest mystery novel I read, writer of all time. I read a historical fiction about it. So like obviously the author took liberties. And the way that she painted it is he was threatened by her success. Mm. This, and he like was in like the Air Force, but he like wasn't rising very high and kind of that jealousy yeah because this was a time when like women weren't supposed to make more than their husbands <laughs> no i mean this was like world war ii like this, this was crazy well this is like yeah pre-world war ii because this was I post-world mean, war one and then they were none and then there man, i can't even get the dang name of this book right <laughs> and then there were none was written the year it started so if this was early in her career i mean this was probably just after world war one yeah so that's how she wrote it i don't know if that's true okay Anyways, um, so she just like, they had a daughter, I think she was 10 around this time, leaves her with the nanny and drives off and then she doesn't come back. And so they start looking for her and they found her car in some bushes and it had been crashed, but her suitcase and her coat were in the back seat, and it was like middle of winter and she was nowhere to be found. So then they did the manhunt. We're looking everywhere for her. Her husband and his mistress were under major suspicion. They also thought she might have committed suicide. It's like it was, you know, a rough time for her. And then they found her in this hotel pretending to be from South Africa. And um, which is what's really weird is she was pretending to be this woman with the same last name as her husband's mistress. And... They, the police like showed up and she's just sitting at a table like reading a newspaper 
with the front cover story is her disappearance and like nothing in her eyes that she knows what's going on. Her husband even comes and sits by her, doesn't even like recognize him. And so they, one theory is that it was amnesia from the car crash and somehow walked away from a, that's what I don't get. Like how would she just walk away from a car crash and just like check into a hotel and have money on her? That's why I don't really know that theory. Yeah. Another theory is that she had a nervous breakdown after like her mom died and then her husband's having an affair and um and like back then when you got a divorce it had to be pretty public. Yeah. I'm it was sure. like it was a big deal. So it would have like kind of ruined her name a little bit. Um another theory is that it was a publicity stunt. <laughs> Because she was like starting to get famous, but maybe it like bumped her sales up. Well, I'm sure it did. I mean, with her picture on the front page of the news. A mystery writer disappears. No one knows what happened. (laughs) Like that's kind of. Yeah. Kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, And then another theory, and this is kind of my favorite, is she did it to like have her husband investigated for her murder. Like the OG (laughs) gone girl. That's my favorite theory. Because yeah. then she gets her memory back, just goes back to her life, gets her divorce. She ends up remarrying years later, never talks about it again. She wrote an autobiography right before she died. Doesn't even mention it. Really? Yeah. I feel like that would be something you have to mention. Nope. Man. She, the more I learn about her, the more I like her. Yeah. Like, as a person. That's why I do. I really like And Then There Were None. I haven't loved any other ones like I want to. Mm-hmm. The ABC murders, I, I really like. But I think I like her more. <laughs> like, I wish she was still alive to, like, write in my language. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, when did she die? Do you have that? I just saw it. I just saw it, too. I can't remember the date now. I can bring it up. I literally have it pulled up right now. I can think of her seat. 1976. Let's see where my mom was born. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. She's a cool lady. Yeah. Uh, and then There Were None was good, though. I will say that. We should watch the miniseries. Yeah. It's a perfect I, amount of scary. I feel like her writing is perfect movie adaptations because mm-hmm. it's quick. At least this one was. It was she has quick. lots of interesting characters. It wasn't like super, super long, long drawn out. Again, I'm basing all of my Agatha Christie knowledge on one book, but it is her most famous book. And like you said, she has a lot of interesting characters. There are good details. There's always a good twist. Good twist. And something I like about her is even if you know who did it, you you can't figure out how they did it. Mm -hmm. Like when we saw Death on the Nile, the whole time we were like, it's the ex-girlfriend. There's no way. It's like, she's crazy. She's obsessed. Yeah. And was it the ex-girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. But when she's killed, like people are with the ex-girlfriend the whole time. And so you're like, okay, well, never mind, I guess. But it was her. And it just like remember the husband had like pretended to be in love with the rich lady and leave the ex-girlfriend. Oh, so they yeah. could still together they could take all her money. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, but you also saw him get shot, but it was like just pretend. So it's like everything is so clever. Yeah. Even if you think you know who did it, like how they did it isn't always clear. 
Like she uses a lot of poison because she worked in a pharmacy in World War One. She really? learned a lot about poison. Hmm. Yeah, I felt like this book is almost the opposite of that. You find out how everything, how everybody mm-hmm. was killed, and you're like, I still don't know who did it. All. Yeah, you don't know. Like she always does a big reveal at the end, and this one there isn't a detective sharing the big reveal. It comes in that letter from the murderer. Yeah, this one is not. There's no, there's no set narrator in this one. So mm-hmm. that was one thing that's different from a lot of her other books. Um, just from the research that I'd done, a lot of her other books, there's like a narrator, either mm-hmm. the detective or like you said, kind of the unreliable narrator. And this one- Now there, there's it, like a random side character. Yeah. And this one, there is no narrator. It's just told from the perspective of lots of different individuals. So like it hops around from person to person to person mm-hmm. to person the entire time. And you kind of hear the different conversations from different people's perspective, which I thought was interesting. But then what that made this book is that at the end, when everybody's dead, you're like, well, crap. (laughs) Honestly, I got it wrong because the first person that I told you was the person that I thought it was at the end of the book. I was like, I got it right. And then you find this letter later hit the end the guy just like i don't want to be unknown it's like i want to be famous for my murders it's like it's <laughs> not enough to create art the artist has to be known or yeah something like that and so then he tells this whole story about how he did it and why he did it and all those kinds of things and then i was like well crap i was wrong i knew exactly how the whole thing happened and how every single person died and i still got it wrong mm-hmm. which is impressive like it takes a very special kind of writer to be able to do that and to be basically kill off 10 individuals. Yeah. She like always gives you all the information mm-hmm. and you still can't figure it out. Yeah. Then there's like one clue that the detective or the letter explains. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and it's crazy how the entire thing, I mean, it's crazy how in one enclosed location. So in this book, they're on a, an island called Soldier Island. They can't leave. There's 10 individuals and they're able to kill all 10 individuals and do it in a way where you can't figure it out. And then also do a big reveal that takes five minutes and prove that you could have figured yeah. it out <laughs> had you been paying close enough attention. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not impossible for the murders to happen. It's not like, you know, just some lucky, random, lucky, lucky, random, random. Or some random character you haven't met. Exactly. You know, they're there the whole time in every single one of her books. And it's completely plausible the way that, you know, it's outlined. Mm -hmm. Like the murderer was with every individual at the time of their death, even though by the end of the book, you're like, no, they weren't. But then it goes back and it shows you, like, oh, they were. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like it's very, very well thought out, which is really makes it fun. You know what I mean? It made it made it really fun. It made it fun up until the very last moment of the book with mm-hmm. the big reveal. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't, I don't know, I guessed The Silent Patient pretty early. Mm-hmm. And The Silent Patient was still fun because there was one more twist that I didn't get. But I felt like I, I was reading ahead in The Silent Patient. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was reading to basically verify what I already knew. Mm-hmm. In this one, I never once felt like I was reading to verify what I already knew. I was reading to try to collect information the whole time and and failing at it the whole time. So it was really good. 
I I enjoyed she it. She is very talented. Yeah. She's she's the queen. <laughs> she's the queen. It also wasn't disturbing at all. Yeah. It's just kind of a fun. Everyone kind of deserved it. Well, that's also true. Like you said, you don't like murders where people don't deserve it. Yep. And in this one, everybody <laughs> deserves <nice>. it. <laughs> There's some scummy I mean, okay, characters. You probably don't deserve to get murdered, but. You do if you murder somebody else. <laughs> this whole book is about. It's about vengeance. But it's interesting because it's like they all. He said he never says you killed someone. He says you are responsible for the death of another person. Because no one like outright kills anybody except. I don't know. I think a couple. A couple of do. them, but all of it. They say none of them are touched by the law, but I think a couple of them could have gone to jail. Yeah, like the doctor. Like, yeah. screw that guy. You <laughs> can't operate on somebody while drunk, and then the guy murder who them. Hit the little kids with his car. Yeah. Also, that. He, the murderer says he kills them in order of how guilty he found them. Mm-hmm. And that guy dies first. It's like, uh. <laughs> I think they just didn't like that guy again. <laughs> that guy was the worst. Yeah, maybe. I also don't understand why Vera was the least. The most guilty? Yeah, the most guilty. Uh, I think she knew exactly what she was doing. She meant to kill the boy she was the governess to so that her boyfriend could inherit the estate. Hmm. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. And she like didn't feel bad about it one bit. She felt bad that Hugo didn't like her anymore. Like her boyfriend didn't like her anymore. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But didn't the the couple do basically the same thing? They killed well, off like, they killed off an old lady so that they could inherit an estate. Yeah, state. but that's why the wife is killed second because he thought that she was forced to by her husband. She didn't actually want to do it because she, when that, you know, the voice yeah. reads the message on the island, she's like sick because she didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, but then I feel like the, the husband, husband dies like, a couple later. He's more guilty. No, the husband dies third. No, the general dies third. The husband dies fourth. Yeah, I think he dies fourth. I feel like he's pretty guilty. Like right up there with me. That's where you could sit and argue. Like who's yeah, I mean, guilty. who's guilty and who's not. Yeah. But I guess that's up to the killer to decide. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had a question on the tip of my tongue and I can't remember what it was. Are there any other Agatha Christie books that you would recommend that I read? Probably the ABC murders. We'll have to push that one out. A little bit. I think I'm going to be all murdered out after this month. <laughs> it's a lot of murder yeah, books. Yeah, maybe. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how I'm feeling about picking a theme for every... I just think it's fun for October. I don't it's think you need October. every month, but I think it's fun for... I think December I want to do happy books. Yeah. Because Josh keeps telling me that all the books that I choose are depressing. He's like, you only do books about <laughs> killing people and sadness. <laughs> like well he's like the book thief i was like yeah but that's like it's like sad happy (laughs) it's like no sad so i think december i want to do a bunch of happy books so anybody who's listening who has any suggestions for happy books i'm going to be stocking those up for december so i want like good uplifting happy stories for december because 
that's going to be the theme for December. It's very, it's very. Should do either a man called Uve or all the lonely people. I want to do all. You should have Leanne do a man called Uve with you. She loves that book. Isn't a man called Uve about a guy who tries to commit suicide like multiple times? (laughs) How in the world is that? Yes, but he doesn't because he finds friends. Because he because he fails multiple yeah. times. It, it, you have, you've never read Frederick Bachman. His writing is that it's just his writing. Like it's so different, but it's so good. It's mm. so quirky and unique and kind of dark humor, but like yeah, very uplifting at the same. Like I don't know how he does it. He writes like nobody else. I do want to read all the lonely people. That one will probably be that <laughs> one will probably be on my December list um, for anybody who wants to read that one with me. Otherwise, we'll we'll take suggestions from people for the rest of December. But another reason why I want to do this podcast was to kind of learn from books. You know, I'm trying to grow, enjoy reading, but also kind of grow as an individual from reading. I feel like it's important that we grow through literature. I think that's one of the one of the great things about literature is that you can grow and gain perspectives, even if it's just growth into like empathy for people Mm -hmm. um i think it's important that we learn how to do that through through reading agatha christie writes a lot of murder (laughs) and i don't think it's important that we learn how to murder you can have fun sometimes too (laughs) and i agree you can have fun but is the is there anything else outside of you know fun enjoyment that you feel like you can get out of an agatha christie novel I think they just make me admire her and like I love like a strong woman like Mm -hmm. you know a strong woman writer especially in a time where it wasn't a big profession for them I think that's mostly what I get from her books is I just admire her there wasn't anything I know because the theme of this book was more of like justice and um I mean, murder and justice, really. I mean, that was kind of the end big reveal is that it's not really the end big reveal, but it is that each one of these individuals, like you said, deserved to be murdered in the the eyes of the murderer deserved (laughs) to be murdered. And he felt like he was taking justice into his hands. But is there anything that you feel like you can learn from, you know, justice or empathy you know, or even maybe even forgiveness through kind of looking through the eyes of maybe the victims and how they felt about the crimes that they committed. Because there were some that brushed it off like, oh, well, who cares? There were some who, I mean, there was Vera, the lady who was more sad that she lost her boyfriend than anything. The generals felt guilt. The general definitely felt guilt. Um, obviously, the wife of the house people they felt guilt and you know there were there were other people i mean the police officer was kind of a scumbag but is there anything that you feel like you can kind of gain or learn from the way that people lived their lives post mistakes i don't know i can say what i learned yet because i'm still thinking about it like it gives you a lot to think about Mm -hmm. one thing it's maybe like it's not up to us to decide yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one thing that I kind of got out of this book. And again, you don't have, it doesn't have to be anything life changing from these books. And I'm not trying to change my life with every single book, but maybe just pick up on little things through reading that maybe give you a different perspective. And, and if anything from this book, it was that everybody's got something in their lives. Maybe doesn't always lead to murder, but everybody gets away with small, small crimes. You know what I mean? You get away with speeding. You get away with whatever you get away with (laughs) telling lies. You get away with, you know, little things throughout your entire life. And, you know, it's all about how you live your life after that, that determines whether or not somebody's going to hate you in a book later (laughs) that somebody reads about you, you know, like I really didn't. I, li- I liked the general. I was kind of sad that he died. You know, he yeah, ki- he turned he turned his life around. I mean, he was good to his wife. He wanted, I mean, he didn't rub it in her face or anything that, you know, he had caught her in an affair. He didn't even bring it up. And he just tried to live his life the best he could after mm-hmm. doing something terrible. And, you know, in contrast to that with the guy who hit the kids. Yeah. It was like, you know, it's not the same person. You know, maybe it's it's okay to make mistakes. It's just how you live your life afterwards. And I think that's what the the murderer never really grasped. I don't know. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I felt about the book. I didn't feel like every character was equal. No. At all. No, definitely not. I felt like their life and their decisions were very different. Yeah. And you can maybe have empathy for some things and you can pass judgment on others depending on you know how people act yeah maybe i think there's it's always good to gain a little bit of empathy Mm -hmm. through reading people's stories Mm -hmm. so what would you rank this book on a scale of one to five for importance and then for fun for we'll start with fun fun i gave it a five on goodreads audiobook dang i really liked the audiobook it was fun it was atmospheric and spooky and it was a really quick listen probably between a four and a five maybe like a four and a half okay it's a little bit slow in the beginning and then it picks up real fast (laughs) yeah um importance like it's not important as a standalone yeah probably not but I think for what it is to the mystery genre, it's very important. And just Agatha Christie's important. So I might settle on like a three, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. I think I'd go four for fun and three for importance. Because yeah. I do think it was important again for the mystery genre. And I think if you bundle all of Agatha Christie's books together. If it's I a, bundle them all together. It's a five for yeah. sure. It's important for just literature in general to be you know that prevalent of a you know fiction writer however you know being only one book and again not not being anything not that one book being anything like i don't know you know crazy mind changing or important or anything like that i'd give it a three but again i think it it is, it's a three, but a part of a much larger, important series of books, yeah. which is, you know, Agatha Christie's full mm-hmm. novels, set of novels. But as far as fun, I would give it a four. Um, it's fun because I couldn't guess it. 
you know, yeah. if I had been able to guess it early, I think it would have been a lot less fun. But mm -hmm. I really did enjoy the whole mystery all yeah. the way up until the very end. So awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast again. Mm -hmm. You'll be on again probably one more time this month. <laughs> I think we're going to read Frankenstein together unless anybody wants to hop on that and read Frankenstein with me. Otherwise, it's going to be you. And lucky people, I, lucky, lucky you oh and lucky listeners. Cause lucky listeners. I think you're everybody's favorite guest. Uh, my, my mom's favorite guest. Yeah. Well, you're my favorite guest Thank too. You. Um, and for all those who are still listening, make sure that you like comment, subscribe and leave us a five star review on Spotify and tell your friends about the podcast. That's where we're at right now. We need more people to start listening so that we can find more guests. Honestly. So if you want to be on the podcast, I go to Utah quite a bit in the next little bit so we can I can bring all my stuff and we can do a remote podcast down in Utah. Or if you want to if you're up in Idaho ever, let me know. We can record an episode. I've got a list a mile long worth of books that I'm reading. Would love to have you on the podcast and you know, just talk about reading, talk about the book, talk about what we can learn, how we can become better people and also just have fun reading books, which I've never done before. So this has been really fun. So thank you everybody for listening because I have really enjoyed reading and I'm going to keep doing it. Thanks.